All right. Welcome, everyone, to Casual Nonsense. Uh, thanks very much for click and play. I'm your host, Mark, and I do love having you here. So if you like what you hear, uh, please share this podcast with at least one other person today. We'd love to have them as part of the family. If you think you'd make a great guest for the podcast, don't be shy. Let me know. Maybe you know someone that would be an awesome guest on the show, so you could send them my way too. We're always looking for more people with interesting stories or you know, just great conversations to, to add to the program. All right, today I have Natasha Wells on the show. I was really excited to record with Natasha. We've known each other you know, probably going on uh, just over six years now. So when I found out that she was writing a book, I pretty much insisted that she come on the show to talk about it. Uh, she was a little hesitant at first, but, you know, we got her on here. So with the help of Cousin Sean, we got her to open up about the struggles of self-publishing and the confidence just to pretty much just put yourself out there. As usual, I had a lot of fun when I was talking with Natasha, So, and I think that you will too. So be sure to get your copy of the book now if you'd like. You can use the link in the episode description below. Uh, otherwise, yeah, enjoy the show. All right. Well, here we are once again, casual nonsense. Uh, today I have, I'm, I'm actually super excited to have this person here. This is Natasha. Natasha, welcome Thanks. to casual nonsense. This was circled on our calendar. And before I introduced him, of course, cousin Sean is back oh. again. So, so thank you, Sean, for the drop in. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. I'm here. Yep. Um, so Natasha, how, how's it going today? You doing well? Great. It's great. I think I told you I'm getting ready to take a few days off. So I'm really excited to in my summer on a bang with hopefully a gin and tonic and just nice, calm ending of a very, very chaotic beginning of the year. So excited to be here. So are you going away or just staycation? I think it'll be a staycation. We um we have to redo our patio. So I'm going to be tearing like hundreds of bricks up. So I don't know if it's going to be super fun, but I'll, I'll probably be here. It doesn't sound like fun. It, mm -hmm. You know how hot it's been lately? You're going to be out there doing that? I do. Forget it. We have to dig a trench. So, or a moat. We call them moats. You have a moat around your house. Oh, that would actually be amazing. <laughs> We're gonna build a castle over my PTO. Yep, that yep. sounds good. That's mm -hmm. a dream of mine, actually, to have a little castle house. At least a tower. I gotta have like a three or four story tower. Have to have an archer tower. A turret. You know, something you can keep watch from. <laughs> a trebuchet. You got that on the back, just in case. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like anyway. where this is going. Ahoy! Yeah. Recycling is approaching. <laughs> it's a whole new HGTV show. I see it. Moats, trenches. Well, they had, um, like, totally off the rails here, right? <laughs> start, right? But I used to watch this. Uh, it was like a doomsday prepper, and it was this guy with his kids mm. or stepkids, and he had some castle on a hill, mm -hmm. and they were rebuilding, and they were building all those things. They had to build the drawbridge, and it was weird. And he even they even totally staged, but they simulated, like, being raided by people. Like, and they I, had, I don't know if it was paintball or something that they did, and because he was prepping his kids. Like, he didn't tell them. And all of a sudden they came in and they're like, this is what you do in this emergency, you know? And they're like, what? It was, I don't know. I'll, I'll think of the name of the show, but. <laughs> kid bites his cyanide pill. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> We're just, just a practice. <laughs> they're not taking us alive, daddy. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Shoot the dogs. You know? <laughs> oh You're already gosh. eating rats with this in 45 minutes. <laughs> this is perfect. Yes, this yeah. is the exact HGTV uh, remakes that I totally expect to see. Perfect. <clears throat> yes. No, right, so well, it should be chill. It should be a chill PTO, no cyanide pills included. All right, that's good. <laughs> all right, well, whatever you do, you whatever. Boring. Yeah, this is no, a judgment free zone. Yeah, over here. So listen, uh, we 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 do have a camper, so there there could be camping involved, but it's just 
everything's work, you know, you got to hook that crap up and then you got to go somewhere. And I, I think honestly, just it has been so hot. I, I, we need to just put our feet up, I think for a week. Yeah. So. I, did. Nice. I just did that. Yeah. So let's talk about you. Let's dive into it. I know that's oh that's, that's why you're here. I know you're excited. <laughs> Everyone loves talking about themselves, right? Uh, so you, first and foremost, you are a retired Air Force officer. Correct. So thank you for your service. My pleasure. You know, there yeah. you go. Married. You got one one young child. Yes, unless you count my husband, then it's two, but yep. Two, got... well, all husbands count as child, children. The best. Child, I always said childs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Children's. And how long have you been married for? Um, Seth and I met, oh gosh, I should know this, 13 years ago. We could edit that out. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll edit it, make it sound like you we'll were answered right away. Yeah. So we met, um. <laughs> 13 wonderful years. <laughs> 13 amazing years. Um, we met when I was still on active duty. So we were long distance. We, we met long distance, dated long distance, and then got married long distance. So he really didn't know what he was getting into. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then like I got out of active bride. duty. I know he was like, I'm committed. But it's funny because he bought me a plane ticket. He helped buy my buy my plane ticket. I lived in California. He lived in here in North Carolina. And he's like, "You should come out here." I was like, "You could be a fucking serial killer, right?" Like this yeah, is the this point, is before Tinder or any of those swipey apps that you kids have these days. So I mean, I was like, I felt like I was taking a pretty big risk when long distance was kind of like weird and online dating was weird. But he turned out not to be a serial killer. So he didn't superimpose so like his face on like. Like a, like a like a model. No, back <laughs> back in the day, we uh, had Skype, so I skyped his mom. I was like, "Can you please verify that this human is real?" And she's like, "Yeah, I can vouch for him." That's awesome. Yeah, so we we uh, we met and dated, and then I deployed. Um, so we actually had a chance to kind of get to know each other. So you and I have worked together for going on maybe six years or so now. A minute. So yeah, it's been it's been a bit. I can safely say that uh, you've always been one of my favorite people that I work with. And maybe I shouldn't say that because other people in the company listen to this, but <laughs> but it's okay. I'm I'm happy to admit it. I, I've known you for a long time. We used to always sit near each other, mm-hmm. so like we would just kind of have conversations about whatever you yep. know, snake bites and, and, <laughs> and so forth, right? So, um, so I was really excited to have you on the show today. The main reason why you're here, well, there's two reasons. One, because you're awesome, <laughs> but then uh, you know, two, because uh, you have a, a book coming out, mm-hmm. uh, Icarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get into that in just mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. but over the time talking, like just knowing about you, like I think some of the things that we would get along about is you're kind of a geeky girl mm-hmm. as well. You know, we talk about Star Wars and Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons and mm-hmm. different things like that. Like these are things that most like teenage dudes are into <laughs> and, and adult males, yeah. as, as me and Sean can attest to, right? We've never grown out of that things, those things. So, yeah. um, so it's always cool when you see like that, it's kind of that teenage boy fantasy things like, oh, here's a girl and she's she's pretty and she's into these games. Like, of course, of course I can find someone like that. Super nerd. <laughs> yeah. We exist. We're out there. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, I think Tim might call me the honorary <laughs> IT, right? Like I I've I am techie. I've always loved tech. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's kind of why I, I have blended so and part of that's just I finally accepted who I was like I've always been this nerdy person before D&D I used to play a tabletop game called Vampire back in high school is sort of a role-playing game but it had that same turn style whatever and I mean I loved my people in high school like I just I was a band nerd and I never grew out of that when I was active duty I think it was kind of tough because you're trying to find your way and you're trying to fit in but I was I was an aircraft mechanic so I worked with almost all men I think I was one of three women out of like 300 dudes wow so you learn like how to navigate that um environment 
I think that's kind of why I've always gravitated towards, you know, things like IT. And those are usually my people in my crowd. And I mean, I go to comic cons and, you know, I love it all. Like I love all the nerdy stuff and, Good. you know, we, we both know Keith and we have I've played D and D with him and, it's I, I feel like at this point in my life, I'm almost 41. I'm like, fuck it. Just embrace who you are. The weirder, the better. Give it to me. I don't care. I had a friend text me last night. And she was like, we're going to do a, a photo shoot for like a, a like a witch's coven photography style session. Are you in? And I was like, hell yes. So <laughs> give it to me. I, the weirder, the better. I'm all so in. Dressing up as witches. I don't actually know all the details. But yeah, I think it's going to be something kind of like it's supposed to be like a Halloween shoot. And they have a different theme every year. And I okay. think this year it's supposed to be kind of practical magic how will you choose which uh which, which? outfit to wear out I of your know. closet i know you probably have several <laughs> <laughs> appropriate uh, lots of capes um i've actually made my own cape before but yeah i don't know I, I think we i need to i need to learn more about the theme i gotta do some more research but my pinterest board's about to get even weirder <laughs> yeah because we say you're a witch i'm like are you are you rose mcgowan are you uh doherty like which which one of these you know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> i'm just kidding gotta though. see which vibe i'm going for yeah yeah it'll be fun though so all right let's uh let's dive into the book for a little bit here sure. right so it's called uh icarus mm-hmm. book one book one the genome chronicles mm-hmm. my saying that's how you pronounce that right john that is a word fact check know. all right <laughs> uh fun fact i spelled it wrong in the entire book until one of my beta readers was like i don't know if you mean gnome i think you mean genome right and i was like fuck i'm an idiot this is literally what this whole book is about spelled Wait correctly wrong all, usage don't we all have little gnomes that live in us that create who we are is not, not that's not science anymore totally different <laughs> what totally oh my different God. theme that's a thing, that's mm-hmm. a thing. i thought it was yeah. a thing like what's the, give me the synopsis what are we what are we, what's what are we looking at? What's this book about? Mm, how do we boil this down? So I think the the thread, the, the basic premise is that the main character, Kara, she has... You say ex- Kira? Or Kara. Kara. K-A-R-A. Kara. It's okay. Scottish. Her, she's gone through a lot of trauma in her early life, and she meets a scientist who is interested in putting her in a research program, which she doesn't really know a whole lot of details about. And then it fades to black really quickly, and you get bounced to the future. I say, which never ends well, by the way, when you're in a nope. Yep, we all saw Resident Evil. It doesn't end well. <laughs> you wake up and yeah. you're like, oh no. <laughs> um, so the the premise is that trauma imprints on your DNA in a way that changes who you are fundamentally. And then the scientist basically taps into that and then kind of takes humanity. He's like evolving humanity. So she has to learn more details about who she is, why she was, because she of course has to wake up with amnesia like every good sci-fi book. But she's trying to figure out who these people are that finds her and she wakes up on the Icarus. Um, And then there's this whole thread about... Icarus is a ship? The Icarus is a ship. Um, so we're in we're in space, essentially, right? Sci-fi space, like we're yeah. in the not too distant future. You Hundreds of years in the future. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I wanted to kind of tap a little bit into the Greek mythology because if you know the story of Icarus, he flies too close to the sun because he gets too arrogant with yes. what he has built. And I, I, I put that in there a little bit because if you look around today, like humanity, we just continue. I think that that thought of like, oh my gosh, we're so like, look at all these things we can do with humanity, but we're almost getting in our own way and damaging ourselves, I think. And I felt like, oh man, if we could actually change our DNA, would we screw ourselves up so badly that it becomes worse? Probably. So that's the the basic idea anyway. Okay. And this is also a, um, it's a romance novel as well. Is that right? So you got some, it is. I mean, I haven't (laughs) had a chance to read it yet because it doesn't come out until... 
you know, September 1st. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got a little, I mean, can I call it smut? Does it got some smut scenes in there? It is spicy. There, spicy. Are, there are some very spicy scenes in it. And when I first wrote it, I didn't want to go romance style. So I, if you, romance has a formula. I, I don't know how much romance you read, Mark. I'm going to say probably. We know nothing about romance. Nothing. <laughs> right. No. I've, been, I've been married for over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't realize that was still a word. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I'm kidding. Love you, Stacy. <laughs> Love you, Stacy. I, I let yeah. the little gnomes in my head work out all the romance. So <laughs> now I'm really spinning. So. Yep. But I wanted to tap into the romance genre partially because I felt like if I go, so if you read books like The Martian, there's no romance element. So if I were to just categorize this as straight sci-fi, I don't know that it would do well. I don't know that that's my target audience. Okay. If that makes sense. So I wanted to weave in enough of the relationship building, but. I wanted it to have a real plot because there's some really smutty, amazing, deliciously great reads out there. But the only thing in there is porn, which is fine. Yeah. But I wanted to have a little bit of plot. Well, they had that whole Fifty Shades movement for a while and they made that into movies. And It really, you know. I think, busted open. And so I actually part of the research that I did for today was there are 28 romance subgenres just on Amazon alone. So romance has changed a lot, even since Fifty Shades of Grey. So if you start, if you were to go into your Amazon account and you were like, well, what kind of romance do I want? You could do billionaire romance. You could do gothic romance. You could do military romance. So this kind of does oh. fall into a sci-fi and military subgenre. But if you want to have sex with a ghost, there's probably a book about that out there. <laughs> so it, it's there's all just there's all sorts of stuff out there there's now. Still hope for you, Sean. There's yeah, no, I'm good. I got the pencil going. I wrote all that down. <laughs> what was the the movie Ghost? Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. Yeah. Catchy, yeah. yeah, not just a catchy title. I, yeah, the OG, <laughs> the OG uh, paranormal romance. And I have high hopes for Haunted Mansion. I haven't seen it yet, no spoilers, but I'm hoping there's a lot of porn in that too. Uh, Disney, I'm, I'm not so yeah. sure. Oh, really? Darn it, <laughs> L- lower your expectations. Failed again, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's got a sci fi, very, very strong sci fi element. Um, but what I'm learning is these romance authors have this down to a science, right? I just finished a book as like kind of a palate cleanser from writing. Uh, hockey romance is also very popular right now. If you guys That's are a thing? Oh, hockey, hockey romance. Oh yeah, really? Mm-hmm. I'll send you my recs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Does every scene take place in like a strip club? Uh, no, it takes place <laughs> in the locker room. <laughs> okay, all right. <clears throat> it's a whole thing. So, right. but what I what I have learned through this, we'll call it market research, is that there's the, the so this is book one that I read. And you can see the author is already weaving in book two. She introduces the main love interest of book two very, very early on in book one. I don't know if most readers catch that kind keeps of thing. You, like it's a hook though, right? It, it keeps is. You, right? You're like, oh, I want to know more about this person. Mm-hmm. And you get tidbits throughout, yep. but nothing crazy. And the the author that I read actually did a pretty good job because you're like, oh, I want to know more about her. And then you you see her pop up a couple of times. You see who you think is going to be her potential love interest. So then she's really setting up book two very, very well. So these romance authors have it down. I mean, I did try to do that a little bit because the main characters of book two are introduced in Icarus. You you do meet them. But I don't know that I expertly wove it in quite as well as they did. I'm like, I'm still learning. But I was like, once I was going back reading, I was like, I I did okay. So this one is actually titled book one. So you have every intention to create more of these books. I do. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're basically, you're building a world at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, do you have like a master list of like, there's going to be six books altogether mm. or you just you get one, you're planning for two <laughs> and then you don't have to, well, 
No, I think you do have to divulge that. I yeah, do. We want to know. Yep, I have a, I have a whole Miro board. <laughs> okay. Um, because I'm a because I'm a nerd, but I I started with this book and I was it was going to be a standalone, and then as you are writing the world, you do get excited and you you want to introduce these other characters, and I'm hopeful that the readers will want to know more about them. So right now I've got a four book storyline going. I want it to be five, so we'll kind of have to see where we go as I'm writing book two and three. I actually have 10,000 words of book three written, but then I decided, oh, I actually probably need to do a better tie-in, right? So I'm moving things around, and that's going to be book three instead of book two. So I know all of the plot lines that I want to happen all the way up to book four, but I'm more of a planner. So you're either a planner or what you're called as a pantser. And I'm kind of a mix of both that I'm and both styles work. I mean, you can you can make it work for you if you're trying to write a book. I don't think you have to have everything completely ironed out and things change. You know, they say that the the better you get at practicing writing, the characters kind of take over. So you might have a storyline idea, but then your quote unquote characters take it a different direction as you're mm-hmm. writing them. OK. Yeah. Uh, how many like you get the main character, Kara, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. get a lot of like how many characters approximately or have parts in this so in this book you meet Kara who's the the main character and then her love interest is Colonel Pike Havard um, and then you meet his crew which is Yi and she is the main scientist of the ship um, and then you meet his two security officers and I, I started calling them by their last name I might regret that decision that's kind of a military thing that I wove in okay because there's a lot of my military I don't want to call it history because it's not like I'm name dropping people but influence Yes. Oh, I felt that. I read the blurb, and I felt yeah. like, yeah, specifically the scene with the with the bar where they where she talks about um, how that just the people she works with are so different when they're out of their say out of their uniform. Yes. So I was like, oh, that's something I never really considered because never I've never been in India, I've never had a, <laughs> a job like that. So, mm-hmm. um, the, so I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. These people who are in uniform when they get out, and like now these women are all gussied up, and mm-hmm. and they're and they're feeling it. So I was like, oh, that's an interesting take on that. So <laughs> real yeah. life. Can, yeah. can can confirm. So I can see that you wove some of that that experience into the into the book. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see where, where the rest of it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you meet a little bit of his crew. So I called them by their their last name, um, <clears throat> and then you meet um, the villain. Obviously, is introduced, and then it's very popular to have a villain sort of redemption. So we'll see how that weaves in. I don't I don't know what I want to do with him yet. Sounds like a book three thing. Mm. Mm. It's coming. <laughs> no gotta, spoilers. Gotta make yeah. you wait for it. But it depends because it's like, is he the main villain? Like, there's so much you can do with that storyline and I want to give the characters time to breathe and I want book two to kind of come together because while I might have an idea, he could have a redemption arc. He could maybe not be the main villain. He could not be, you know, he could not come back from it. I mean, villains become villains for a reason think of any good movie it's like thanos right he could have potentially recovered if you read about thanos's origin story he was set up to be a villain from the beginning like he didn't have a chance but he at any moment he could have turned around and had a good redemption arc and he never well, did not that i want to shift to thanos but <laughs> thanos wasn't being a villain just to be a villain like right. he wasn't trying to get money or power he was trying to save mm-hmm. humanity by killing half of humanity mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like Maybe a little twisted in his mm-hmm. methods, right? But like his goal wasn't like, oh, I want to be the king, rule me. Like he didn't care about that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at least I-, I read his comic actually a couple weeks ago, the beginning of his story. And I- it's like his early childhood or whatever. And of course, he's born different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all of that that kind of made him 
go into that mindset of like, we need a cleansing, good or bad. Like villains all have an origin story too. So can they come back from that? Uh, so you mentioned, you know, sort of from the military was part of this, but where else did you pull like inspiration from? Different movies, books, mm. um, you know, because as you're as you're talking about it, like the first thing that popped in my head was um, I forget the name of the t- uh, Firefly was the TV show mm-hmm. with Nathan Fillion, which is a great show. And then they made Serenity, I think, was mm-hmm. the name of the ship, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like I love the premise of that was awesome because it, it kind of dives into he's like that Han Solo type character, you know. Yes. Obviously, this is a female lead in your book, but uh, so was it movies or shows like that, or like how did you? How did you pull some of that inspiration? We just mentioned Thanos. You mentioned the military. I mean, mm. there's, there's so many sci-fi options out so there. Many. But. Don't worry. We can edit that question so it sounds sounds well thought out. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. No, I mean, when you think about the influences, a little bit is true to life. Um, if you've ever done Ancestry.com, I think many of us are curious about what the future of our DNA looks like. Like, There's people now today that are getting – human physical alterations done because they want better biomechanics. Like people today that get a hip replacement are breaking down faster. I think you and I had this conversation, Sean, right? We are, we are breaking down faster because we're so much more active. And then those parts don't last as long. What does that look like in a hundred years? You know? So I, I get kind of inspired by some of that stuff. Love Serenity, by the way, I actually have the ship on my desk. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. I love Firefly. Uh, but there, there's a little bit of all of that. I mean, I'm not super necessarily into science and genetics, um, but I think a little bit of it, at least for me, is about the diversity piece. So like it, Pike is is black. His heritage is, is African-American. But what you learn about the the crew of Icarus is they are created. They're not born. So they actually are intentionally choosing which lineage gets to carry on, which I also mm. put the, put in there as an infusion to say we might not get that choice, right? What would government control look like if they picked and choose who got to carry on to the next generation? So a little bit of that, what's the the female show where they, they're all in the red? I can't think of the name of that show. Handmaid's now. Tale. Yes, a little uh, bit of Handmaid's Tale, yeah. right? Um, so love Black Mirror, love kind of that future dystopian thought process. Um, but it doesn't go quite as dark or quite as heavy as that. It's a little bit lighter. But, I mean, it could go darker because we don't explore a whole lot in this book about why the government is even doing this. You start to learn that at the end. Um, but there is this government oversight, which I'm total conspiracy theory weirdo too. So, so how long would you say you've been – planning this or sketching it out, right? Like you didn't just wake up one day. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start a book today. So just the thought of you thinking, hey, I'm going to have a four or five book, like you're building mm-hmm. this universe. So you must have, I don't want to say pages because everything's on a computer these days, right? So you must have enough, like a year, a year ago, did you start this two years ago? Like what was your, what was your planning phase? Uh, two years ago, I sat down and wrote, I think 30 or 40,000 words and I deleted it. And my husband was like, the heck is wrong with you? Um, but I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I just didn't think it was the right time. I mean, the story is not what it is today, but I just dumped a bunch of notes of like what I thought I wanted to write. And then I retired from the air force and I got a lot of time back. Um, I mean, I was, I was in the air national guard, so that was only one quote unquote one weekend a month. But if you know anybody in the guard, it's not truly one weekend a month and it takes up headspace. So had a kid, I have an amazing husband who I try to spend time with and you know, pour into him. 
I have a full-time job. And then I was like, I need a hobby. I want to do something for me. I just really started kind of tinkering with, I would go to bed at night and I would just kind of think about this person. So I don't know if other writers do this or other creative people do this, but like I was going to bed at night thinking about this storyline in my head that I just kind of kept weaving in and out. And I was like, if I don't fucking write this down, I'm going to yeah, lose it. You're going to forget it. So I just kind of jotted down like an outline. And then over Christmas break, I could really take a breath. It was my first Christmas being out of the military. I didn't have any responsibilities. My kid is young and he's got this big imagination. And I was like, I'm going to write this. And I wrote over the two weeks we were off for Christmas. I think I wrote probably 60,000 words which is a lot. Typically a novel, a, a sci-fi novel is about 90,000 words. How many pages is this book? Um, so, well, this size changed. So this is a little too short. Um, I had to change it to be a taller book. So at the end, this book ended up being about 430 pages that I'm sitting here looking at. But th- once I re-edited the, the, the size and format, it's probably a bit closer to 320 pages, I think. So I, right. and I took out some stuff from this. So I, I think one of the hard parts about beginning to write and becoming an, an author in the beginning is you want to tell people everything and you have to show them. You have to let people fill in the blanks themselves. I think you're afraid they're not going to get it. Right. I took some of that out because I'm like, they're going to get it. It's mm. going to be fine. So I, I don't know if I did that enough. I, I tried to condense it some because it was a bit beefy. Yeah. You see, so you, because you mentioned it's this many words. I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I know what it means, but compare that to pages. I don't know how many words go on a page. You know, Everybody depending. wants to know pages. But the funny thing is if you're on a Kindle, to your point, it's not pages. It's just a scroll. And so 90,000 words is what you're – well, I would say 80,000 words is probably typical for a romance book. If you're looking at something like Brandon Sanderson or – you know, one of those, the, the Martin books, you know, you're looking at probably 120,000 words easily just to give you some comparative about how much they write. Those are big books. Yeah, that's a yeah. commitment, right? Yeah. The book comes out September 1st, mm-hmm. right? So you can pre-order it. You can pre-order it now. Yep. And it's available on Amazon. It's available everywhere. Everywhere. I okay. made a decision to go wide, which may or may not be a detriment to me as a new author. Amazon is very popular, but I was like, do I want to put all my eggs in the Amazon basket? Well, yeah. Why would you not spread it to everywhere? Like, is there is there a downside to that? Mm, so there's a program if you have readers listening called Kindle Unlimited. And if they subscribe to Kindle Unlimited, they probably don't know this. But if you choose to put your book on KU as an author, I'm not allowed to distribute that ebook anywhere else. Really? So what that does for the reader is you pay a subscription like you do Netflix, but then that book becomes exclusive to Amazon. And what I have found is you actually – so you get paid based on the number of page reads, which is pretty good for the author. It's a very, very, very small percentage, but of course that adds up. But I was like, okay, well, if I put – Yeah, so if I put my ebook on Amazon, then I can't put it on Barnes & Noble. So if you are a Nook reader, you will not get access to the book. If you're a Google – play reader or an Apple Books reader, you would not get access to it. So I was like, I'm going to make a decision to try to go what they call go wide. I'm distributing wide for both my ebook and print. But the thing is, if it doesn't work, I can take it down and put it on Amazon. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, fucking try it. See what see what works and what doesn't. Most of, well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of the books that I come across on Amazon are very like light, fluffy, smutty kind of books. And you may or may not want to take a chance on a new author and and pay money. So that's the downside. I could put it on so Kindle. So you think it could be like a watered down 
There's a lot of comp- no more competition, would you say, on Amazon? Or? There's a lot of competition on Amazon. And okay. I, that's what I've been spending a lot of my market research doing lately is trying to figure out, well, do I do Amazon ads? Do I, you know, how do I get this out there so that you can try to stand out? And, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm going to do some Amazon ads probably, but there is a lot of people. I mean, what I say, 28 subcategories just in romance alone. That's not the only right. kind of fiction out there, but contrary to some mm. people's <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So are you gonna you gonna do as an audiobook at some point? Is that in your plans or not? Not quite. I've been thinking about it. It's a little pricey. I've been connecting with some narrators that are on TikTok. Okay. Wonderful community. The narrators on there are super fabulous, and I've just kind of and they're great about sharing with authors like what do the royalties look like because there's usually a couple different subscription models for oh, I shouldn't say subscription, but there's a couple different options I guess from production for audio narrators because the narrators want a little bit of that royalty too. Oh, I, was, so oh, really? I didn't realize. Yeah. I thought you just one time fee, like here's a check, read the book, record it. That's an out. option. Yeah, yeah. That's an option. Okay. But depending, I mean, think about, I don't know, Harry Potter, right? Like the, that gets a ton of downloads. The one time check might not be as advantageous to some of these narrators. Yeah. Who that's kind of deserve the royalties. I mean, I would love to because they're make like it to enunciating that. and doing all that. Like they're mm-hmm. putting emotion into the, into your words. Yep, that's, that's awesome. a great example too. Because uh, uh, Jim Dale is the one who did that, and he he put on a performance. So he Amazing. it's basically a whole different experience. There's the movies, there's the books, and then there's the audiobook version of it, and it, it is amazing. Like so. Uh, I, I've listened to those plenty of times. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so he deserves royalties per <laughs> per play. Sean, maybe like you that. should do the audiobook for. I'm in. I'm in. I do a wonderful voice for a female lead. So, <laughs> <laughs> and most of it is from her perspective. So this is dual point of view, and so that's another thing to consider if I'm going to do an audiobook. Do I want a female narrator? Which this is very common, right? Female narrator to narrate the male parts, or do I want to pay two audiobook narrators to have one for the female, and one for the male parts? I think two would be weird, but I don't. I don't know. Do you listen to a lot of I've, audiobooks? I've um, heard those. I've listened to a handful. Actually, I wouldn't. I wouldn't qualify it as a lot. Mm. But I never. I haven't heard any that have two. So I don't mm. know how common that is. So do you have a, an Audible subscription? My wife does. Okay. So I've listened to some from there. Mm-hmm. I've used uh, Libby from the, yes. the library subscription. So I've listened to yep. some books on there. And I think that's the other thing I'm trying to figure out too is if I decide to produce an audiobook. So you go through. I think Amazon's version is called ACX, and you can find narrators and you can have them audition and you can pick who you want. Um, and then, like I said, there's different royalty options. So there's a lot to that. I, I think I'm open to the idea of doing an audiobook simply because there are people like my husband um, who he never reads. He doesn't want to read a book. He wants to listen to an audiobook and he crushes through some audiobooks. Yeah. And some people would probably never come across this book otherwise. So well, you can multitask when there's audio, you can do, yeah. you know, you right. can put headphones on and, you know, clean the kitchen and mow yep. the lawn or what, you know, whatever people do. Exactly. Drive to work. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I drive to work and read my Kindle. I don't know about other people. Not actively. I was just kidding. <laughs> Mark's face. You're that guy. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. The bowl yeah. of cereal in her lap, the yeah. Kindle in her that hand. douchebag. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I do have a Tesla, but um, no. I I love audiobook. I think one of the things I talked to you about, Mark, was like I miss listening to podcasts and I miss listening to audiobooks, but I can't write and listen to words at the same time. Right. So, you know, I can only kind of get my audiobook and podcast fixes in when I'm trying to do dishes or clean or something. So, but I love it. I love audiobooks. I think there's a huge audience for that. 
And, and the nice thing about Amazon, so I mean, Amazon's the leader for a reason. As an author, I can package all of that stuff together administratively really easy. They but make it they make it easy for you to they do. distribute, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Easier, I guess, than maybe some of the other options. But you mentioned Libby. I did work to get the book on uh, a distribution model so that if libraries want to get the book at a discounted cost, they can, so that they can put it in their either ebook library or a physical library. So there's a lot to think about when you're trying to decide, do I want to publish my own book? You know, because if you go traditional publishing, you have somebody else handling all of this for you. Right. Well, they're taking a cut, though, too. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So you are. put the, you put a little extra time and work in to make that mm-hmm. 10% or 50, whatever they get paid. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I didn't just, I didn't even look in traditional publishing at all, which some people want to go that route. They get an agent, but then they're also not having to do their own marketing, which I know you and I have lamented over social media a little bit. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I was going to get into that um, next. To just Well, I just wanted to say, because we had spoken about the uh, self-publishing a little bit before, and mm-hmm. uh, we were discussing how you've done it and how we feel like perhaps this might grow, you know, sure. not immediately, but as, you know, marketing becomes easier for yourself mm-hmm. because you can just use social media so effectively, and there's so many other alternatives for self-publishing that it could be going in this direction as it becomes more widely used, it'll become easier because people will be focusing on it a little more to work out kinks and things like that. So I think that's exciting. So, uh, you know, perhaps a lot of these burgeoning authors that are listening to us casually today, (laughs) uh, you might find it easier to publish theirs than than people are right now. I think the barrier to entry is so much lower than it's ever been. I've actually found a few authors who have been doing this a long time and they're like, this is, while it's probably more competitive than it's ever been, it is probably easier to do because all the tools are at your fingertips. So if you want to do Amazon, Barnes and Noble, like those are two really big ones. Um, there's also, and I'll just kind of mention a couple of these in case anybody wants to do a little bit of research, but you have draft a digital, which is an ebook aggregator draft. And then the number two digital, they actually do print now too. But if you want to aggregate and put your ebook in the libraries, um, they'll put it on Apple for you. They put it on a site called Kobo and it's free. It's free for me as the author. Now they take a percentage of any sales that I make, but it makes it very easy to aggregate all of those ebook sites um, and and distribute it to all of those sites. Any author knows uh, if they've gotten into print publishing, um, Ingram Spark is one of the big print distributors, and that's what gets you international. Um, that's what gets you into Walmart if you're trying to go that route. But um, it's available. It doesn't mean that it's automatically going to be on anybody's shelf, but some of these companies are easier to use. One of the things that you, know, you and I talked about offline a little bit too was like you've been working on building your like your brand, like mm-hmm. your Natasha as the author. Yep. You know how that brand works. I mean, you've been putting in work on TikTok <laughs> and Twitter and Instagram, things like that. And I find that when I I don't do, I don't do enough of that. Mm. Like I don't do. We talked about. I don't. I haven't done any reels. That's something that mm-hmm. um, I will certainly get out of that comfort zone soon and, and do that. But what's that been like for you as far as the research? Because there's mm-hmm. no there's no playbook on that. I mean, without yeah. without paying for it or finding the right person. I mean, you get you you're probably approached by people tr- that want to promote you and oh yeah you know, strangers or whatever. But the bots. So how does um I mean you I mean you said it without exhausting right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how how often are you posting reels like? What's your thought process in this? I'm trying. So they say that if you want to grow, they, whoever they is, fucking assholes, (laughs) (laughs) um, they they say that you should try to post every day. And that's a lot. You know, it is really, truly a lot. I'm like, I, I, I. Yeah, you have a full time job, (sighs) husband, child. Doesn't even brush his teeth every day. I mean, never mind post. (laughs) 
Um, so I, I'll just kind of plug this podcast and say you've had a couple people on already that I really love listening to, thinking about marketing, thinking about, um, you know, just selling yourself and putting yourself out there. Um, I think I was just listening to Mallory, right? She was just on yeah, from a marketing yeah. perspective. It really is about creating your brand. I've kind of had to just take a breath because I have been trying to post every day and where I've just finally got to is I'm building a community. It's going to take time. Yeah. There are weirdos out there like me who want to connect. And I did try to separate my book brand from my personal brand. But of course, a lot of people that I know followed both, right? They want updates on both. So once you get out of that initial organic pool of people who just know you and you start to get people who don't know you, that's where the excitement comes. I was going to say exciting as well as I was going to say. Yeah. It is. Then it is exciting because I'm like, oh, this person actually wants to know about my book. And, you know, I would say probably the majority of my sales have been people that I know, um, lovely humans who I haven't talked to in a long time that have kind of come out of the woodwork. Um, a buddy of mine is still in the Middle East, haven't talked to him in years, and he just sent me a Facebook message and was like, I bought your book. I'm like, fucking asshole, where have you been? I've missed you. <laughs> like, you know, people kind of move on with their life, but it's hard to put yourself out there. I really downplayed publishing a book when I first started because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of doing this thing. And and then I got people that were like, I want to buy it. And I'm like, OK, well, it's got some dirty words in it. So just be prepared. <laughs> and now I'm like, OK, there's there's a few porn scenes. So, Dad, just I'm sorry in advance. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's not personal experience. Dad. It's this not. Is just, it's you know, not um, I but, do a lot of research on this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quote, unquote, research. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I'm like, OK. Um, so once you start kind of getting out of that initial sphere, I think that's where you start to get excited because you see people coming to you that are like, oh, you write sci-fi or you're writing romance. I'd love to learn more about your book. I've seen more of that probably on TikTok okay. um, because there's a lot, there's a, it's called book talk. There's a, a book community of people who love books. So I'm just trying to be more organic. You know, I do some videos on TikTok that's a bit more like history of the military because some people are interested in that. And so I'm trying to figure out what's working. And Reach different not. audiences and stuff. Do you find people are engaging with you a lot too? Like they're. I can't get out of TikTok jail. It, I, I think I <laughs> joked with you guys. Like you hit the 200 view algorithm wall. And so you just keep going, right? Eventually you will figure out what works. And I've done, um, I subscribe to. So for anybody who's interested in getting into self publishing, I did sign up for a conference this year called InkersCon. Um, and it's, it's great because they do a bunch of videos on like why you need to have a TikTok and it's paid content, but it was really insightful to me because these authors are publishing these, you know, seminars about, they have entire teams that help them. They're self-publishers, right? but they hire people to do their social media. And they're like, we could do the exact same thing day in and day out. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's just up to the algorithm. It is such a time sink, though, mm -hmm. to do that. And I think that's where some of the stress can come in. Mm -hmm. Because if you're, you know, like I said, you could be work, you're working your full-time job. Mm -hmm. You know you leave there. You're going to, oh, I got to do this for dinner or whatever's going on. Be mm -hmm. like, oh, I have to post something. Yep. You know, and you don't want to lower the, the quality of what you want to post. Exactly. So you want to make sure what you're putting out there isn't just garbage. Mm -hmm. But then to find garbage however you want. You mm -hmm. I mean? I've, I've done a bunch, I've done a bunch of videos that are a, a bit more casual, just silly or, you know, I think one of the, did you, I don't know if either of you are on my TikTok, but one of the last videos I did was like, this is so stupid, but like, I didn't have a bra on. And if you're a woman and you take your bra off, you know, you want to like tuck your boobs. And so I just did this stupid video <laughs> on TikTok that was like trying to be silly. And I had a bunch of people interact with it. And it just makes me laugh because you don't really know 
what people want to do. So I did buy a content matrix to try and get an idea of like things that I could post videos about just so that I don't feel like I'm scrambling for ideas all the time. It's just that's the hardest part is coming up with ideas. I think sitting down and recording it, you can be organic. You can be yeah. low budget. You can be low effort. But as long as you have a thought process behind why am I making this video and what does this tell my audience about who I am – you know, I hope people are connecting that I'm in the military, but I don't take my t- myself too seriously. You know, I I'm a veteran, but you know, I'm approachable or whatever uh, that kind of thing. Well, also, like you, if you spend too much time social media branding, I mean, it's important, like no doubt about it. But also, when this book comes out, and like I said, you got tidbits for the next book. Like, I don't want you to spend your time doing reels every day. I want you writing the next book. Like, hey, yeah. I want, what else happens next? Like, I what are you looking what's at? Next. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, you think if, uh, what's the Game of Thrones, George R.R. R. Martin? Yeah. Like, if you're spending too much time on TikTok and he's not putting the finale, like, you, you killed Game of Thrones season eight, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's so, already slow, so. Right, that's what Focus. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, let's, you know, you want, you don't want to force the inspiration, but it's like, if you're distracted with something else, you know, maybe some of the inspiration fades away a little bit and it's mm-hmm. like, stick to what, stick to your moneymaker, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know what I mean? And maybe that's where a lot of people that would like hire someone else or search for someone, so. I think collectively we should look for someone that wants to do it because I need Me and you. I need help yeah. podcast style. Let's go into it. You need help for this. Let's <laughs> we'll find one person, maybe someone we work with that can handle both. And, and there's people that are so good at it. I'm like, fuck you. Like it's yeah. so frustrating. Yeah. They just make it look so easy. Um, but you know, whatever. And my page is not beautiful and or like you see some of these Instagrams that are super aesthetic and I'm like, what? I hate you, but this is what I want. <laughs> I love what you're doing. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I hate follow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, there's so many great people that can do this. And I mean, that's kind of the dream, right? You find somebody to help offload some of this. I think the other cool thing in the book world anyway, is you can connect with other people. People that's like, hey, you like to read about books? Here's a free copy of my book. If you like it, feel free to post as many TikToks about it as you want because then you get that – what's that called where it's like – I should know this. because the I viral see. like um... – yeah, just the assurance, right? That's it's not just me telling you that it's a good book. Here, let me have somebody else tell you that it's a good book. You well, know? that's why people send products, right? You have Correct. these product reviewers, like, hey, here's this new microphone. Try it out. Check it out, and then talk about it. An and impartial, it, impartial viewer. Yeah. Or, uh, impartial recommendation. Yeah. You so have you need trust. to find you need to find book reviewers, maybe mm-hmm. a book review, either videos or podcasts mm-hmm. or TikTokers that cost you minimal to send them a book and yep. say, hey, if you do me a favor and read this. That's very common in the writing world. So future you, future author, you have put in the painstaking time to write the book. You have found somebody to help you edit the book because even me, I'm still catching grammatical errors. No matter how many times you read it, you're going to have to have somebody to help you edit it. And then you put it together, you publish it, you put it out there. Okay, now you're doing all of the marketing and the research, but you're probably going to also create what's called an ARC crew or an ARC team. You're going to have advanced reader copies. You're going to send those out to people that you trust to help promote your book. And you know, there's a lot, like it's very popular right now, these accounts of people who they just sit around and review books all day long and they win because they get free books and then they can give their free, honest review yeah. on a book that they either liked or didn't like. You found some of those people that you send it to? I did do a little bit of research. I probably got on that later than I should have. I mean, typically you probably should be spending, and this is part of the learning curve, you know, two months in advance to give, start giving people copies so that 
you can get that train, like finding. You could get momentum rolling. Yeah. yeah. I, I probably waited a little late because they want an advanced review copy. They don't want a free copy after the fact. And I'm kind of getting close to the deadline. So. Yeah. But, you know, first time, you're a first time publisher. You know what I mean? When book two comes out, you're going to have that shit down at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Sean was saying is like, you learn. I'm not going to have to set up all these accounts again. Right. So it'll be a smoother, I hope. I'll have different problems then, right? Because then it's going to be book two. Who am I going to have to have a whole strategy to get people to read book one before book two comes out? So then it, then you shift and you change your strategy. Yep. What's that timeline look like? What are we looking at for book two? I mean, book one isn't out yet, but <laughs> let's put the let's get ahead of it. Yeah. So like I said, I, I wrote probably 10, maybe 15,000 words of what I thought was going to be book two. But I introduced two brand new characters, which are going to be very important to the overall story. But then after I finished, I finally finished and I was like... You're not going to want to jump in and meet these two new people. You're going to want to know a little bit about maybe a couple of the characters that I'm introducing you to now. So I'm going to switch it up. I got to write book two now. I haven't even written a single word, but I have the outline started of where I want to go with them. And then I have part of book three written. So I, I might try – some authors do this. I might try to do a strategy where I do a blast, publish book two, and then almost immediately publish book three. So just to keep that momentum going. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's what you want. I mean, but like you said, like you, you touched upon it earlier where if you're lying in bed and you have these ideas, mm. um, sometimes you have to like wake up and write them down, mm-hmm. you know, or else you, you will forget, you, will. you know, I, <clears throat> I mean, I think we've all done that to some point, but like mm-hmm. when you sit here and you start thinking of, you know, creative things or ideas, you know, you're like, Oh man, that's a, that, that's gold. I'll never forget that. And then you wake up, you're like, what the hell was I talking about? Like I was having a great dream about this and I didn't get to write it down. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know. Or then yeah. you you look at your notes and you're like, girl fucks in closet. What does that mean? Like, you thought that you had a good idea and you're like, I got to back this up. Right. You know how many times I've woken up and seen that written next to my bed? Like, <laughs> It'll make sense one day. Oh, man. That, that closet, that's going to make sense one of these days. He's doing a roll call in his house. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yep. You think, like, what? what's the level you have to get to to go on a book tour? Like, is that something you just... Okay. Just do do it. Who cares? Go? Put yourself out there. I'm I'm actually going to try to uh, hit up some local bookstores. Good. My mother in law, she's so cool. She's like one of my biggest fans. She's like talking to the local libraries uh, or not libraries, the local bookstores um, up in Wake Forest, and she's like, my daughter in law is writing a book, and they're like, what's the name? She's like, I don't know, and I'm like, oh, I love you. <laughs> she's just so awesome. she's so great. So there's a process, right, to get into some of those places, but. There's nothing stopping you from going. And, and I mean, so if you say, quote unquote, book tour, like I'm not I can't go anywhere necessarily, but I could line up some North North Carolina local places and just be like, do you want to do a meet the author? Um, and there's certainly an opportunity to do that. And because I'm in Barnes and Noble, I could actually work with one of the local Barnes and Nobles if I wanted to do that. You too. should you should reach out to Pete. Uh, he has a lot of contacts up and down. I know the East Coast in like the, the oh, yeah. book store world so yeah i thought i remember you telling me that he's got some connections we'll definitely have to connect on that that'd be good guy. That, that's a good idea good old pete good old pete Bucket who doesn't love pete? hero yeah so i mean there's there's a definitely a potential to do some publicity there i mean i'm kind of starting small just to i really want to get a feel for what the readers think because i made a decision like i said to introduce a little bit of romance but there is a really strong sci-fi plot so i mean i could be missing both or hitting both i right, just don't yeah. know yet 
you won't know until you get more people reading it, more mm-hmm. people providing, providing feedback. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I've had a few people who I don't know that have read it, and they gave me some really great constructive feedback that I implemented. And now I'm I'm starting to do more of this arc copy reader stuff, and I've got people that are like, "Oh, this is like I really love the way this is coming together." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, good." <laughs> you have all this self doubt in the beginning because you're like, "Am I an imposter? Is this horrible?" But right. you're like, "This is actually pretty good. I'm doing all right." Well, I'll tell you this, Natasha. I'm I'm proud of you for putting this stuff the stuff together. I know that it's exciting. My, my approval is really what everyone needs, right? Check the box, Natasha. Yeah. You finally got it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You could sleep tonight. Yeah. You know. We've been friends a long time. I do appreciate that. I mean, you and I have both talked about this. Whenever you decide you want to take on something like creating a podcast, it's scary but exciting and it's great to have the support of the people that you know are are backing you and there is a really wonderful community out there i'm sure you've probably can now connected with people who you don't know about podcasting and it's like oh this is actually really cool uh, well you mentioned earlier like it's when you first put yourself out there like Mm -hmm. when we first talked about a podcast started doing it i was very hesitant because Mm -hmm. i'm like what if it's just not good you want to have that slow transition because nobody wants bad news, but but you have to be willing to accept the criticism right. and, and go forward. But so yeah, we've we put this together, and and at this point, um, I'd say I'm less less shy about letting people know, yeah, you know about it. I mean, we're you know over thirty something episodes in. We got we hit a milestone with with downloads recently. Woo. So um, so yeah, we've we've done well with it. But you're right. Getting it, getting it started is always the hard part because mm-hmm. you just don't know. Like, who's going to listen to this? What are we talking about? Like, <laughs> nonsense. So, right. So, it, well, that's pretty much it, right? <laughs> so, I'm very thankful for you know people like you and you know everyone else that's been a guest on the show because the show's not about me. Like, mm-hmm. I can sit here and ask a few questions and maybe make a few jokes, right? But for the most part, it's it's what the guest brings to the table is really mm-hmm. what what sells it, mm-hmm. um, and it's a collaboration of. You know, my followers, your followers to get people to listen and hopefully there's something good on there. We talk about like branding and stuff and these are the things that I struggle with. So mm-hmm. selfishly, I like to bring people on that go through similar situations because every little person has like just a little bit tip yeah. of what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had Mallory on and Brandy on and these recent folks that came on that have information on what they bring to the table and then you as well. And I'm like, okay, how can you, you know. And collectively, we share those ideas and hopefully grow together. Put it in your tool belt. And I mean, if there's a person out there that's listening, that's like, and it, maybe it's not writing a book, but, and maybe it is. I mean, there's so many cool things that you could do now. People make planners and sell them. Whatever that side hustle is that you're trying to figure out how to do, like, just do it. Like, I stopped caring and being reserved about, well, will people think I'm weird that I write sex scenes? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, just, I'm going to do it. Like, cause I want to write a book and I love the characters that I wrote and I'm passionate about some of the elements that I've infused in the book with the military and the different things that I put in there. So I feel really good about it. And I mean, I'm, I'm doing my research, so I feel confident yeah. that I'm heading in the right direction. So just do it. Yeah. And you honestly, you won't know for like six more months. Like it's, it's a total, Long game, it, you, it is. you slow play it and you see what happens. You know, I saw your video where we were talking one day and you said, oh, I couldn't see any numbers for like pre-sales. And then you saw them and you just got emotional because you're like, holy crap, people are actually buying my book. They did. Like right. this shit's real now. They showed you know up. I, mean? I, I was blown away. I thought, oh, maybe I'll sell five copies. That was not the case. It was way <laughs> higher than that. And I was That's like, awesome. man, how amazing to have, I mean, one, wonderful friends. I mean, I just had a, a girl that I went to um, officer training school and I'm, I'm kind of, people said they wanted author signed copies and that just like blew me away. I was like, why? That's so, <laughs> I mean, I'll do that for you, but I, lo- I love that. Do you and have a cool signature like that? I'm you- practicing. 
I'm purchasing. Okay. Yeah. And so I hadn't put the, I hadn't even published that I had it for sale. And I got a notification this morning that my friend Jennifer went on and bought a book. And I was like, you were in school in a time when they taught cursive. Yes. <laughs> I do know how to, but they, they do tell you, pro tip for those of you who want to write a book, you have your author signature, your celebrity signature, whatever, those of you that are trying to break out in the world, don't make it your legal signature because right. if they copy it, then you're fucked. I was going to have you, uh, I was going to say, maybe you just have your son sign them. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That'd be great. He actually has Bonding. really fun, uh, fun little handwriting. He can write his name now. It's so wild, man. Kids are so cool. He inspires me every day to do more, do better. I mean, that's part of it, right? Once you have kids, I think it kind of changes your perspective too. A little bit. You're like, I, I want to be cool in my son's eyes. And so I'll be working on my book and he'll be like, mama, are you working on your book? And I'm like, yeah, man. And so he knows what this title is. He knows this is my book. He doesn't know what's in it, but he's <laughs> like, you know, we, he's... He's my fan. You don't read it to him to put him to bed at night. Okay, chapter four in mom's book. Here we go. No, we read Thanos. What's going on in that closet, mama? Yeah. No, No, we read Thanos. We're sticking away from this book for now. But I I joked about my dad. My dad's like, I want to buy this book. I'm like, dad, I love you. You you realize I wrote. He's like, I don't care. I'm like, okay, just warning you. (laughs) Even if he buys it and never reads it, like he bought a copy. He put it on He wants the signed copy, copy, you know. He's got my horrible, horrible basic training picture on his wall. He can put this right next to it. This is a much better picture. Yeah. That's what dads are for. <laughs> yep. That is. Support in every way. Unconditional. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. And my mom's just happy to be here. She's like, I'm not reading it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> nice. I mean, you know, some people don't read. And I think that's that's it. Like, I, do, I probably have some people that are like, I'm buying your book. But they'll never read it just because – and they're maybe they're not readers. My husband hasn't even made it all the way through. He keeps joking. He's like, I want to read it, but he's slow when, when it comes to actually right. reading books. And he's like, I know it's great. <laughs> I can't wait to get to the end. I feel like everyone in my house, half the people in my house, I'll say they're readers. Yeah, like, your wife reads, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll. Mm-hmm. I'll send you a copy once she'll I get blow the through right that in probably two days. If she likes it, she'll read it. Like you'll know because yeah. if it's done in two days, then she enjoyed it. Yes. And she'll be like, okay, when's the next one? When's the next one? You know, that's it. Um, you know, Sean's a big reader. My son's a big reader, so your son's gonna. You said your son wants to write a book, right? He's um he dabbles. He's been working through that a little bit, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he's as committed as as you are at this point. But he's he's got some ideas that he's he's probably still in the Miro setup phase, mm-hmm. putting yeah. it together. Mm-hmm. I think to go back to what we were talking about before, this is a low barrier to entry. There's a couple people I've talked to that are like, "Oh my gosh, I wish I could do that." And I heard that a lot when I was in the military. You know, when I was in the guard, I would come from Charlotte where I would drill. And I was too lazy to change clothes and I would just stop at a gas station to, you know, get a snack or whatever and go back out to the car. And people would see me in uniform and they're like, I mean, these young kids standing behind the counter and they'd be like, I I wanted to join the military. And I'm like, go, go fucking join right now. What's stopping you? And they're like, they get kind of surprised because they're not used to somebody pushing them. And I'm like, do you have a medical condition that's stopping you from going? No, then go, man. Just go do it. They're not turning people away. No, no. Well, that's a little crazy right now. But... It just speaks to you need to figure out what your passions are and what you're wanting to achieve. And for me, the military was a great catalyst for that and a great foundation and a great like baseline for me to say, if you don't know what you want to do, try it. Nothing is super permanent. Like, yeah, I was in a six-year commitment with the military, but I could have got out after six years. I ended up doing 21. Um, <laughs> got me. But, you know, I, I encourage people that are like have come up to me either because of the military or now they know that I wrote a book. And they're like, oh, I'd love to do that. I'm like, do it. 
if I, if this idiot right here, me, if I could do it, you could do it. Anybody could. Well, know? that's the hope, right? The hope is that mm-hmm. you, you inspire even one person to do something. And mm-hmm. that's where, that's where the branding comes in. People yep. get out there and, you know, and hopefully that's what this podcast will help too, is people, if they just see you on TikTok, they don't know you. They just know what you're doing, but if they know your backstory a little bit, so mm-hmm. if someone says, oh, wow, I didn't realize this was her first book, or I didn't realize <laughs> she did all this research herself, I guess it's, I'm not the only one, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think that goes across any creative or whatever your situation is. Agreed. You know, so. The dedication in my book is to those who look up to the stars and know that there will be a brighter day. And that was like the sentiment of my book is like there is hope. This character is really stuck in a past mindset. Her her crew is stuck on a very future mindset. And I think there's something to be said about just living in the present. Just try and figure out what you're doing right now. Who knows what tomorrow's going to look like? I mean, it, it could be very different in six months. I mean. Well, so what we're going to do is we're going to put um, all the – all your social links everywhere, everything we talked about today as well. Mm -hmm. So where they can, um, you know, pre-order the book, um, how they can find you on all your socials. We'll put that all in the show, the episode notes. Awesome. Sean, did you have anything else for Natasha today? Uh, no, no. I mean, but definitely suggest people check out the the show notes because there are going to be a lot of links. I mean, (laughs) she is everywhere. So (laughs) I started following her. I felt like I was stalking. I'm like, this is getting excessive. I can, I'll do the rest tomorrow. So it doesn't (laughs) look so bad, (laughs) but no, thanks for everybody for listening. Thanks for coming out. Natasha, this has been fantastic. Really excited about the book. Thanks for having me. Um, anything else for you? Anyone, any shout outs or anything else we didn't talk about that? No shout outs, but I think I would just close to say, you know, what I hope by listening to the podcast is that you guys find your community. So if you're struggling, you don't have to struggle alone. If you're interested in starting a podcast, talk to Mark. If you're interested in writing a book, find people. I think that where we've gotten with things like social media, I mean, I do appreciate the plug on social and putting that in the social notes, but use that as a tool to connect with other people, right? Like that's where we should be heading to as a community is if you're going to follow somebody on social media, try and reach out to them. There's people that are probably way more approachable than you think that are really willing to help you learn. That's what I'm passionate about. Like, uh, yeah, okay, if you want to learn about the characters, awesome, but don't hesitate to send me a DM if you have questions or you want to know more. Build a community, right? Reach out to people. So thanks for having me. Cool. I appreciate how you rolled through here in the uh, my favorite Marvel portrayed <laughs> character with the Captain America gear on. Today. Hell yeah! I think Chris Evans portrayed portrayed him pretty well in the series. So shout do, out for the the geekness in you. Do you want me to end on a story about how I ran into Chris Hemsworth? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Since we, we we kind of focused hard <laughs> on the book, but I did roll up it in here in my Marvel shirt. So for work, I was fortunate enough to go to Singapore. They flew me business class, which was lovely. Uh, it's a very long flight to Singapore. And on the way back, they were actually – Civil War was getting ready to come out. And I was flying through the L.A. airport. And if you know me, you know that I am a Chris Evans fan. I think my husband knows that's my hall pass. <laughs> Chris, Chris Evans fan, not Hemsworth? I, I, I mean – I mean, pick one. I mean, right? if I had to pick. Sure. I mean, but I'm like Chris Evans would probably cause me pack. to melt yeah. in, a, in a smart pack. He, I would melt if I saw him in person. But – I was coming – when you're business, you get off almost first. And so the, the airport is almost completely desolate. I'm heading down towards this really long walkway. It's super early in the morning. And as I'm walking to go get my bag, like I make eyes with Chris Hemsworth. And I 
like my breath catches and I'm like, oh my gosh. He's like, what, like 6'3", He's huge. 240 jacked. Huge. And I mean. Does he have his shirt off? I mean, is that, I just oh imagine God, he just I walks wish. around without his shirt on. Oh, wouldn't in you? The, LA the hair blowing. Yeah. In the- <laughs> the funny thing was like, so when, I, I don't, if you ever have a celebrity story, it's really weird in your brain because you recognize them. Like it would just be like seeing. Well, it would kind of be like seeing one of you two. Not quite the same. Let me. Let's, we'll just say like edit, so it sounds like like seeing you guys. That's how that's going to get edited. <laughs> but I've like totally recognized him, and so like we make eyes with each other. And I'm five foot tall, as you said. He's a super tall dude, and we like he's standing there doing whatever the fuck celebrities do, waiting to go get his bag. But I walk by him, and I wanted to ask for an autograph so badly, but I just felt this like apprehension, and this. I'm not this person anymore. I would have totally, I would totally ask now. I was not brave enough. You didn't ask him then? I didn't ask. Oh, no selfie or anything. Nothing. Huh? I wanted a picture so badly because I'm such a huge Marvel fan, but I didn't want to be intrusive. Like these guys get bombarded all day, every day. I mean, I know that's a part of their job, but he's just chilling in the airport. And I was like, oh, I should have asked him for a picture. I was so disappointed, but I looked like a hot mess. I was on like an 18-hour flight from Singapore. So you know what you should like have garbage. done? You should have like sat next to him like you didn't recognize him. Like, oh. like oh, hey, buddy, you know what time it is? <laughs> it's <You know>? like totally <laughs> Something like that. And he's just like, oh, do you know who I am? Like, I don't know, Fabio? Like, <laughs> Can you see the time on my phone if I hold it at arm's length? Hold on. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, so I go down the escalator. And then I'm I'm not really a crier, but I got so overwhelmed that I didn't ask him for. And so I call my husband to let him know that I landed back in the States. And he's like, hey, babe, how's it going? And I was like, I saw Chris Hemsworth. He's like, what's happening? Right Go now? back in there and you track him down. Turn around. That's my random Chris Hemsworth story. Don't have a picture to prove it, but it did happen. That's awesome. That's I'm kind of that way, though. Like if. I've seen people, famous people out in the wild, and mm-hmm. I did not approach them. No. Like, because I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be the person that's coming. Remember that time? Like the Farley in the mm-hmm. elevator. Remember the time when you were in that thing? That was awesome. Like, I'm not, so can't be like that. If it would have been Chris Evans, I would have fallen at his feet and licked his shoes clean. Just wow, saying. that's. Wow. I'm just saying. You are a good writer because that was pretty graphic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Maybe you should have gone up to Chris and been like, hey, are you the only person that can pick up your luggage? <laughs> are you Captain it's... America? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Thor. Yeah, he's a dream. So anyway, there Awesome. You go. Well, thanks again for coming on. I uh, really appreciate you coming out today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Be sure to check out all Natasha's stuff that is in the show notes and uh, also – you know, casual nonsense notes. I mean, share with a friend today. You know, we'll really appreciate that. And uh, all right, stay casual.